hello, hello. It is another episode with Fit with Vivian K. And we are so excited for this week's episode. What are we talking about? Hi, guys. We are talking about fitness today. So I know last week we talked all about food. And if you're going through like a health transformation, you know, the other side of fitness is like the actual working out. Um, So today we're going to go through that from my perspective as a client and as someone who's very new to working out and from Viv's perspective as a trainer. Yes, I am so excited because I think that just having both of our different perspectives, me being a coach and giving advice and then Katie being in the shoes of a client and giving her advice is going to be so beneficial because you'll be able to hear you know, not just the educational portion of, okay, what are the best workouts, but the mindset of a client who is starting out. I mean, Katie started out at 200 pounds. She was a bigger girl, never really lifted in the gym, but she totally changed her lifestyle and just went full force. So I think it's going to be such a valuable episode to really hear both sides, both the tactical, but also the mindset. So I know we're going to start off with Katie's portion. So I'm essentially going to be asking Katie, you know, how did she just get herself to do it? What did she do when she was unmotivated? Really the mindset aspect of, yes, when you are a client and you are given a workout plan, how do you actually go from getting the plan to executing? And then the second portion of this podcast Katie's going to ask me, how do I structure the workouts? How do I decide, you know, what workouts to do? Um, Maybe the different body splits. Should you do full body? Should you do lower body? Uh, You know, and then really the, the educational scientific portion of how to structure an effective workout dependent on what your goals are. Um, So Katie, the first thing that I wanted to ask you was how was it the very first time that you had set or stepped into the gym when I essentially gave you your workout plan in the gym? What was that first day like for you? Scary, scary. And I hate saying it was scary because I don't ever like to say that there's intimidation at the gym, but it's very real, especially for someone who like previously I'd gone to the gym with my dad a couple times. I'd just like mosey around, do some random machines. There was no rhyme or reason to what I was doing. So I had been to a gym before, but when you go in with the intent of like hitting it hard and like, you know, you have a plan, it's a little bit scary. I remember having like, at that time you did everything in PDF. So I remember having like PDFs of my workouts. I had like written down kind of like the sets and the reps and what I was going to do. And I was very like prepared so that I I looked like I knew what I was doing when I walked in. I definitely didn't. So it was intimidating at first. So when you had the PDF, when you had all the reps and sets and everything written down and prepared, was there ever a time where let's say you had everything, but you kind of just got in your head and you were like, "Mm, I don't want to finish this. Or maybe I'm feeling self-conscious or did you kind of just plow through it? Like, Hey, I, you know, I'm here. This is uncomfortable, but I'm just going to freaking do it. The first week it was definitely uncomfortable. And I remember like the scariest part to me was I felt like I was being judged for the amount of weight I was using. So like, clearly I was not lifting heavy. I was going in on the lighter side of the dumbbells. Like when I was on the cables, it was like the very small weights. And I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, everyone's looking at me. They, they know I'm weak. They knew, they know I'm new here. I don't have the cute clothes on like all that stuff, which is so ridiculous. And so outside of my like scope and my realm. And so yeah, at first it was really scary. And then I was like, you know what? 
everybody starts new. Everybody's been here for a first time at some point. Nobody's looking at me. These people could care less what I'm doing. And I think once I realized that and told myself that it was fine and I could do what I needed to do. When did you realize that? Mm, it probably took a couple weeks and I think it took a couple weeks because that's how long it took me to know where the machines were, know what I was doing. So I think the second I kind of felt a little more comfortable, I was able to start just thinking about myself. I love that. So one of the things that I've noticed with you in particular is that you have, I think what they call positive self-talk, whereas a lot of people that you might, and you might've had that kind of like negative self-talk in the beginning where you're like, Oh my God, everyone's looking at me. They're judging me. Um, but a lot of people struggle with when they are in the gym, they keep telling themselves, people are looking at me, I'm not doing this right. And they don't ever have that moment that you did where you were like, oh, you know, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Do your stuff. So what advice would you give to those people who are in their head, who are telling themselves these things that obviously are going to make working out really shitty if, you, if you're feeling like, if you keep telling yourself, yeah, everyone is judging me. I do look stupid. Like, What would you tell them? I think I would say, how is that impacting you? Like, sure, people might be staring at you or you think they're staring at you and judging you, but how does that actually affect you? It doesn't. And I think once you realize that, like, okay, Joe Schmo over there is still looking at me. He, he, he keeps watching me. He's kind of laughing. Okay, fine, whatever. Like, I just think if you realize that it doesn't impact what you're doing in that moment or how your life is going to turn out, that's like an important thing to tell yourself because it could be something that's going on in his life. Maybe he's just judgmental. He's got something going on. I think you have to think about it in terms of day to day and like life in the long term and people staring at you doesn't, it doesn't affect you. So go about your day. Like that's, that's the conversation I always have. I love that. It's, it's honestly, it is, it's not easy but it really is simple um okay question Mm -hmm. I don't know if your parents listen to to the podcast (laughs) but I want to ask you are either like okay growing up were either of your parents really focused on what other people thought of them slash maybe like socially insecure um or were they like what was what were they like when it came to other people's opinions of them my parents are both very um very independent. And so I actually don't think I saw a lot of that because to be honest, like we didn't, I think a lot of times kids grow up with parents who have a lot of friends. There's a lot of friends around the house. They're having like dinner parties all the time. Very social. My family wasn't super social. So like we didn't make friends with the neighbors. We didn't, whatever. My dad can make friends anywhere. He's the guy at the grocery store. That's like, what up Dave? And you're like, dad, how do you know that person? Um, so no, I don't, I don't think they really care what people think about them. I think they're very focused on themselves and their own growth and our family. So no, I don't think I saw a lot of that growing up. Do you feel like that impacted you? Like how they are? Do you feel like that rubbed off on you? Probably. I mean, if you're not around negative self-talk, then you don't know what it is and you're not going to implement it in your life. Right. So yeah, I guess, I guess I was always around very uplifting people and like, you're going to do what you need to do for yourself and to be the best you. And yeah, I guess that definitely does impact you. I wanted to bring that up because, um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners it's, you know, I had parents very similar to Katie's, especially my mom. Like she doesn't give a fuck what anyone thinks about her by any means. And it's very inspiring. 
Um, but I do know that like a pattern I noticed with a lot of my clients that have a really hard time with negative self-talk is that they grew up with parents that were like constantly worried about what people thought of them. They also were like, oh my gosh, you can't do that. What of our, what of our, our friends, our neighbors going to think of you? So they implemented in your head, care about what people think, like be self-conscious because what other people think matters more than what you think of yourself. Oh man. Yeah. And so why I wanted to ask you that is because I really believe that you know, and obviously if you're listening to this and your parents were, you know, more of like the care about what people think type, it's, it's, it is going to be more challenging for you to get out of that because you grew up with that. But that's not to say that you can't change that. It's just knowing, Hey, the more you're around people who implement that in their life, the more you're going to be like, Oh, well, I guess that's how I should think too, because we become like the people we're around so I really think that if you do struggle with you know being insecure in the gym or caring about what other people's people think of you rather than focus on just killing your workout and getting in a good workout really ask yourselves the people you surround yourself with are they really confident in themselves or are they constantly worried about what others are thinking of them and are they constantly worrying about other people too because that those two in combination are I don't like to use the word toxic um, because that is so that's a very arbitrary term, but it just sure as hell is not going to serve you. Um, so I think it's easy for, you know, me and Katie to be like, you know, focus on yourself. But it stems from first and foremost, where did you get your current thinking from? And are you surrounding yourself with people who you want to be like that are not insecure, that do not care what other people think? They just take care of their own shit. Um, so I think that's just something to keep in mind. But off on that tangent (laughs) I actually I actually think that's a good point and actually like when you think about the gym so like the first couple weeks I felt like a total outsider the more I went the more I'm around people who are gym people I started to inherit those those attributes and I started to feel like a gym person because to your point you're you turn into the people you surround yourself with so the more I was there the more I was like everyone around here is confident what the hell am I doing being worried like I'm gonna be confident I'm gonna look like these people I'm gonna do it like these people so to your point like just get there surround yourself with those people and eventually you'll kind of absorb those attributes I love that. And I know, I think you've told me in the past that you're like very observant at the gym. (laughs) It's so bad. (laughs) No, but I think it's a very common quality. So what I will say too, is if you are also, you're listening to this and you're observant at the gym, observe the confident people. Don't observe the people that you may think, oh my gosh, they look weird. They are making weird noises because you know what? (laughs) If you are at the gym judging other people for how weird they look, you are also going to be worried. Oh shit. Well, like I'm judging them for how weird they look. So other people must be judging me for how weird I look. So number one, cut that shit and just focus on the people who are motivating, who are you know, ignore the, the weird person making the weird noises. Look at the people that inspire you that you're like, wow, they're confident. They're badass. I love their energy. They're positive. They're strong. Focus on what you want to become because that is going to drive what you, what you do, the actions that you take and the thoughts that you have. And that really is going to make or break your gym experience. Um, but on that note, so in the beginning, it's always harder to, you know, make something a habit. But once you've been going for a while, like even if you're kind of tired or unmotivated, you're used to that habit. But in the beginning, when working out was not your habit, what did you do on the days when you were tired, unmotivated, like you just didn't want to go? What did you do to make it easier on yourself to actually just do it? 
So I do a couple of things. So the first thing I do, which is going to be bad advice for people who are not morning people, but I promise it's like life changing. I go to the gym first thing in the morning. So what that does for me is it says, I'm going to get this done I'm going to accomplish something first thing. It's going to set my day off on the right track. And it also gets rid of the a thousand excuses I could figure out in a single day to not go to the gym, right? The further you go in your day, the more reasons you're going to have like, Oh, work sucked. I don't want to go. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, there's traffic. Oh, I know the gym's busy at 5 PM. So by going first thing in the morning, I'm cutting out my ability to lean on any of those excuses. So that's kind of the first thing I go to. But if it is a day where I'm like, Oh my God, I just can't do this. I let myself kind of veg out in those feelings for like 10 minutes. I'll let myself feel unmotivated. I'll think about the reasons behind that. Like if I'm unmotivated just because I'm feeling off that day, fine. I'm going to get myself to go. I'm going to put my shoes on and I'm going to walk out the door. If it's something where I just don't feel good or I'm physically exhausted, I'll lean into that and I'll say, okay, maybe for the, for my body and for me, I need to take a rest day. So I think I try to feel out where the, where the motivation is missing and why, and then decide what to do from there. But every time I'm unmotivated, the second I put my sneakers on and I like leave, I don't have a choice anymore. So I kind of put myself in that, in that situation where I, I don't have the option. Like I have to just do it. What are the, okay, I love when you said, like, you just put your shoes on. Are there other things that you kind of, like, just force yourself to do without thinking that help you get to the gym? And if so, what would they be? Um, let's see. Well, I always, before I go to the gym, I'll, like, do, like, a 10-minute walk. And that's kind of interesting because I don't know why I started doing that, but it it's kind of gets the blood flowing. And if I am feeling lazy, it's kind of the little, like, bump I need once I do like a 10 minute little move around, I typically have more energy and then that kind of instigates me to keep going. And I'm kind of like, Oh, I'm already sweating a little bit. Like I can keep pushing. So that's the weird little thing I do. I don't think that's normal, but <laughs> I don't even do that. And that's great advice. You guys should see my face right now. If you're listening to this, that's the best advice that I've ever heard Katie give. And I'm literally going to use it. I didn't even know she did that. <laughs> yeah. And the reason is because we make decisions based on the state we're in. So have you ever, let's say you woke up and something good happened. So you were in just such a positive state that everything else in your day, you always saw the positives. And because you were already in a happy state, when something bad did go wrong, it didn't affect you as much. But let's say instead you start your morning, you get in a car crash, your day's already bound to go to shit. Not because everything in your life is going to shit or, or the things in your day are going bad, but it's because you're already in a negative state. So whatever state you're in, everything else that you do from there on amplifies. So the key is to, if you're in a bad, negative, low, down state, you need to get yourself out of there as soon as you can. I mean, I like how Katie was able to say she lets herself sit in it for a bit because, I mean, avoiding it isn't the key, but it's about, okay, I'm going to feel this so I don't have that resistance of like, I can't feel this, but then I'm going to understand that this shit doesn't serve me, right? So what is a little thing that I'm not forcing myself to do, but is like just something small that I can do that's going to raise my energy, going to raise, you know, my, how I'm feeling. And walking is a great one. Getting outside, if you've ever been stuck inside and you went out in the sun, very easy way to raise your state. Um, cold showers are a big one just because they really jumpstart you. So if you're tired and you do a cold shower, 
you're definitely going to wake up. Um, oh, this one I just want to share. <laughs> so if you follow me on Instagram, you know I have a huge ass Rottweiler. And uh, one of our neighbors, he is a science teacher, I think for high school. So like... I don't know if he loves his job, but he definitely doesn't look like it. So he was walking. Uh, it was like seven in the morning and he was walking outside and he literally looked like he just <laughs> wanted to like, you know, like just crawl in a hole. He, he did definitely did not look like he wanted to go to his job. Right. But as soon as he was walking out his door, my dog Zeus decided to just like randomly stop in front of his door and uh, D was walking him, but he was walking him way in front. So the guy comes out his door, sees a huge Rottweiler and doesn't see the owner. And so he freaks out. He literally went from like looking like he was a zombie to he just had 20 shots of caffeine. And that's simply because he changed. Well, he didn't try to change his state, but his state was changed. Right. And so that energy that he brings into the whole day, he's now actually going to be alive just because of that. But now knowing this, you have to hack your body if you want to feel good. It's not about oh, I'm, I'm, I'm waking up and I'm tired. I'm just, this is how it is. It's like, I'm tired. So what the heck am I going to do to get energy? 20 burpees, very quick, cold shower. Um, I don't know, go out in the sun, go on a walk like Katie does. These things, you have to be disciplined enough to want to feel good and get out of your state to do them. And I just love that you were able to, because even me, like sometimes I'll go straight into the gym and if I'm not feeling it, I, I can definitely tell that my workout suffers. And I know for a fact that if I had just gone on a 10 minute walk beforehand, I would already have energy. So just thank you for that advice. Yeah. I, I always say that there's a million and one reasons you can find to not do something. And it's finding the one reason that you can find to like change that. So I totally agree. It's any easy win. And I think that's why they say like the most successful people like make their bed first thing in the morning, which I'm sorry, I don't do that, but I, I go on my walk instead. But it's like doing that first thing right when you're awake to change the direction of your day. So I, I love that. That is amazing. I also love that you don't make your bed because <laughs> not, yeah, everyone thinks like, oh, you make your bed, your life has changed. It's the habits that work for you. I mean, again, it is the small things and it doesn't have to be making your bed, but what you can do that is going to give you at least a small burst of energy so that you start your day off on the right note is huge. Um, but yeah, I think like you said, doing or working out first thing in the morning if you are not habituated to going to the gym, that really is going to be your game changer. It is going to be the one thing that is going to prevent you from having excuses of going. And it's going to suck if you are not a morning person, but <laughs> yeah. your body will absolutely adapt to it. So I agree. But I know you said that you weren't a morning person in the beginning, right? Yeah, no, I, no, no, nope. I'm definitely, I love to sleep in. I will sleep all day if I could. I love sleeping. I don't know what it is. But when I started this journey, time was the biggest time was the biggest thing and I think that's for everybody everybody says oh there's not enough time in my day oh I just I don't have time for working out but when I made the decision like this was what I was going to do I had to find that time and so for me in the beginning I think I started going to the gym like after work and I realized I'm exhausted I'm grumpy from my day my workouts are not great and I really hate a busy gym and the time I was choosing to go was like the most busy the gym ever was so I think I tried going in the morning like one or two times and my workouts were better. My day was better because I was starting it off in a good way. And then the gym was like less busy. So all of those positive things reinforced that that was a good decision. And I was like, okay, I can keep doing that. Like I lose a couple hours of sleep, but that's perfectly fine. It's the trade-off that you're making mm -hmm. to be the fit person, get in 
the workout, right? And I think understanding there are going to be trade-offs, like are you willing to make that is really important. Um, but yeah, I love that you were able to see that, hey, these afternoon gym sessions don't work out for me. I don't like a busy gym, so I'm going to change it until I figure something out that does work for me. That's the mindset that you have to have when you start a fitness journey. It's not that you're going to do everything to a T exactly as you think you should. It's that if things are not going to work, you're, you're your own person. And so if they don't work for you, don't take that as a failure. Take that as a sign you need to do something different in a way that is actually going to make it more enjoyable for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say there are days where I, I oversleep. I'm human. I cannot get up at 5am every single day. I wish I could, but there are definitely days where, where I don't. And I think it proves to myself every single time that I'm right in making my decision to go at 5am. Cause if I ever miss a morning, like it's just like the worst thing that could happen to me. I'm worried about it all day long. Again, it's proving to myself the workouts are not as great in the afternoon. So Every miss I have reinforces like that I'm making that good decision and in, in waking up early. So again, you have to do what's good for you. If the morning is not your time, that's that's perfectly okay. But I would say make it a consistency and make it your time every single day so that again, those external factors and all of those excuses don't don't affect you. Mm, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. Um, before we started working together and you had like a very specific plan of what to do, did you work out on your own? <laughs> No, no. There Did was, you try? There was, no. I didn't even have a gym membership. I had an apartment gym, and I think maybe I'd go in there, walk on the treadmill, maybe do, I love bicep curls. I was like, yeah, I can do that. I don't know why. It seemed so simple to me. <laughs> yeah, so bicep curls, and then whatever leg machines, like I think leg extensions are easy, hamstring curls, that kind of stuff. But no, I never had a plan. I didn't understand the science behind it. I would have no idea how to program for myself. So I'm pretty sure in the beginning I also... I had a roommate in college and we would do, um, we would move all the furniture out of the living room and we would turn on YouTube on the TV and we would do those like 30 minute, like cardio kickboxing videos and we would just have the best time. So I wasn't like completely sedentary, but I definitely had no idea what was going on in the gym for sure. I love that you, you guys did that though. And I'm sure it was really fun because I, I think those workouts, especially when you're doing with a friend can be so fun. Yeah. I, we were like in our pajamas, like not, it was not it was not serious, but it definitely was fun. And it was like something we could do together. And you know, we both still laugh about it today, which is funny. That's, I love that. Do you, okay. So a lot of people feel like they have more fun when they work out with a friend, which I think definitely can be the case. Did you ever feel like you didn't like working out alone? No, I, and I knew this just from previous experience. I've taken like one or two group classes. I hate it because again, I think it's the judgment factor. I was never the fit one. I was never the one that had the endurance to make it through a hike, to make it through a class. So I knew very much that I was a person who had to do it alone, um, which is interesting because, I, again, I think people do like the aspect of like having a partner that pushes them or whatever. But to me, to me, I would be way more focused on, oh, my gosh, I'm not as good as that person. I'm not as good as my friend. My friend is healthier. My friend is more fit, you know, all these things. And so I think that would deter me from pushing myself as hard as I could. Um, so maybe that's different now that I'm, I'm in a better fitness state. Like maybe I could hang with a group fitness class, but yeah, it was never something I even thought about. You should try a group fitness class and then we can talk about it on the next episode. Yeah. We should do like an experiment. (laughs) Yeah. Katie tries. It could be a new. (laughs) Oh yeah. (sighs) Think about it. 
We can have you do crazy shit. I've been thinking about like Orange Theory and like F45, which it's right there. I know. Just, oh, you live far. A lot. It's a lot. I think you get a free trial. Okay, guys, we're gonna have Katie try <laughs> and see how it goes. Yeah, you could be like, there's like the try guys. You uh-huh. could be like the try gal. I'll do it for you guys. Okay, yeah, it's happening. It's happening. We're gonna make it a thing. If you have suggestions, uh, message us on Instagram, and we'll have Katie try some some fun different workouts. Oh my god, it's that would be, be fun. fun. We can make it a YouTube channel. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> I'm about to go off. Um, okay, so there, there's one last question I did want to ask you before we switch over to, to my, my questions. Um, I know, I remember this one time you told me that (laughs) you decided to wear a sports bra and either leggings or shorts, I can't remember, to the gym, I think because you just wanted to like see what it felt like. So tell me your experience and your thoughts after doing that. (laughs) I think this was like a weird woman empowerment moment for me because I would go to the gym and like I'm the one in like the baggy t-shirt and the old shorts. Like I don't care. I'm just here to live my life. But I would look around and I'm like, where do people even get these cute clothes? Where are these matching sets coming from? Like I don't even know where you're finding these things. But then I would see just the confidence just exuding from these women. I was like, maybe it's something to do with that. Like, if you're wearing less clothing, like, you have to be more confident, right? You have to feel like you're a badass bitch. So I was like, I'm going to try it. So I think this was, like, more towards my lean phase. So I definitely felt confident in my body. I was like, I'm going to do this. And I also think this was the time where, like, I was more confident with the workouts. And I kind of wanted a challenge outside of, like, lifting. And so this was kind of my first, like, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. So wild experience. Somebody asked me for my phone number. That was like very bizarre. Um, it was like all these things. And I was like, I don't know if this is the person I am. I'm not sure I can wear a sports bra every time to the gym and like shorts and whatever, but it was a fun little experiment. Would you do it again? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I would do it again. And mostly because it's comfortable actually. Um, and because a lot of my shirts are too, too gigantic now, but, um, I, I, I would urge you all to do something like that. I think another thing you and I have done is like, we stopped wearing headphones at the gym. I think like little, little challenges like that, where you push your mental state is actually really beneficial. And, and the, the headphones thing, I, I still don't wear my headphones in the gym. I've found so much more focus and clarity by not listening to music. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I, I don't bring my headphones to the gym. Yeah. So I would say finding those things like, okay, if you're very new to this, just going is going to be the hurdle. So do that, get comfortable going and then try something else that's going to make you uncomfortable because you find the most growth in those moments. I totally agree. Now I want to ask you, why do you (laughs) think that most people can't work out without headphones? What do you think that attachment is? Actually, I don't know. Well, I think a lot of people associate like the empowerment through like the loud music and like the headbangers and whatever like I think they use that music to push them but I also think they're probably not as in tune with their body and they're probably just going through the motions and I could be totally wrong but I don't I don't really know why people need the music what is what do you think well I definitely think the in tune with your body is definitely on a case-by-case basis but I think we both can agree that hey when you have music like okay as humans we only have so much attention so if a lot of your attention is going to your music you inevitably have less attention to focus on 
every single rep, every part of it, every squeeze. Like I truly believe that if you want to be the most effective, which may not be like, maybe your thing is just to get in the gym. If that's the case, like listen to your music. But if you want to get the most out of every single rep, I believe that it truly having no distractions is the biggest benefit that you can have. But I think why people, one, I do think they have an attachment to like, the the this was because this was me I had the attachment to the music and like the good vibes you get from that and there's this one quote that says all of man's problems come from their inability to sit in a room by themselves and I I think that's what it is it's that when you have stillness like okay think COVID when everyone was stuck at home they went crazy why because nobody knows what it's like to sit alone with their mind because what happens is your mind starts telling you crazy <laughs> shit. It thinks about all, like it's naturally negatively inclined. So it just thinks about all these negative things. And so I think a lot of people, that's why you constantly are scrolling. We're, con- we're constantly watching TV, YouTube, podcasts, because sitting in silence and like listen to your thoughts, it's scary because it, your mind just goes crazy and that doesn't feel good. So I think it's both a combination of like that excitement and pump you get from music, but also kind of avoiding that like silence with yourself. It's a little daunting, especially (laughs) in the beginning. I don't know if you felt that when you started taking the headphones off. Yeah, no, it's definitely daunting. And again, you have to pay more attention to kind of what you're doing. You don't have that distraction. You also don't have your phone right next to you. You don't need to be opening it to like change the song every couple seconds. So it was not only no headphones, but it was also less screen time and less of my phone, which I absolutely love now. But I I do get that. I think sitting in your thoughts can definitely be scary. But on the flip side of that, personally, and again, this is probably just me. I'm learning that I'm very alone in some of my things, but I get overstimulated really easily. So my brain is running 24 seven. So if I have my thoughts and I have music on top of that, I almost find myself going even more insane. Like the music to me doesn't drown out my thoughts. It's like additional sound. So sometimes I have to literally sit in a room of silence to like calm myself down. But again, I think that's, (laughs) that's a personal problem. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely would urge everybody to do that. Be uncomfortable. It's okay. I, yeah, I think the avoidance of discomfort is the reason why so much, so many of us are unhappy. But when you really just look to be uncomfortable, you're like, I'm going to do everything that makes me comfortable. I'm going to talk to this person that makes me uncomfortable. I'm going to do all these things that are totally out of my comfort zone. It's funny because when you actually start to seek discomfort, it is actually a comforting experience. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, nothing's really scary anymore because like I actually want this to happen and so it kind of defeats the purpose. So it's it's very empowering and even if you're listening to this and you know maybe not listening to your music is not really something you want to do long term, I would say just try it, you know, just try it once just to see the experience, yeah, to get out of your comfort zone, but I mean, everything we're saying, nothing is a have to, nothing is set in stone, nothing is something you have to do forever, but I think they're great to just even try out if you've never tried them out on your own. Um, so with that being said, I want to switch over so that Katie can ask me some questions about, you know, how I create programs for my clients and the science behind that. Um, so what would you like to start with Katie? Well, let's take it all the way to the beginning. So I obviously came to you because I needed somebody to do that part for me. Right. So when you're thinking about programming for your clients and like, what is that initial step for you? How do you even go about that? 
So depending on where the client's at, most of the clients that I work with, they, most of them have not really had weightlifting experience or like really intense gym experiences. So in initially, usually it's just about getting the client in the gym and building that habit itself. So usually the workouts, I don't really like to do anything that is very complicated that's hard to because a lot of exercises uh they I feel like they require I mean the exercises I do like compound lifts um full body exercises they require knowing how to move your body in space they require body and awareness which a lot of times you don't get through until you practice the basics so I always like to start with the basics I like to start with body weight um, I, I like to start with exercises that only use one muscle group so let's say like leg extensions um, let's say lateral raises you know bicep curls like you said like they're simple they're easy to execute and I like starting new clients off with those so that they can just develop body awareness and they don't feel like the exercises are too complex to the point where it's discouraging they feel like they're just completely doing it wrong maybe they injure themselves I always like to when I have a new client we start with the basics we start with lightweight we start with having them develop their body awareness and just figuring out how to use and move their body in space um, and then as time goes on, depending on the goals of the client, that's when we start going more into, let's say, less exercises. So like in the beginning, I'll start with a variety of exercises as well, because I think it's good to introduce um, a, a large repertoire of exercises to a client who has never worked out. But as they start becoming more advanced and they really want to focus on, let's just say, building muscle in a certain area, that requires a lot of repetition. You don't always want to be changing exercises. You really want to focus on progressing your weight and your strength um, and your, they call it progressive overload, which ha it can mean so many things. But you essentially want to progress in the same exercise because then your body gets used to that and you're actually able to increase your weight because you're not focused your attention on so many different exercises. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what do you say to someone who's probably starting off and maybe you've transitioned them to like more sets or more reps and, and they're feeling like I can't hit that fourth set. I can't hit all 20 reps. How do you coach someone into, into that? It, so if somebody can't, depending on what their issue is, usually it's because they're using too heavy of weight. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you can't, like if I listed 20 reps, your goal is to pick a weight that you can actually execute all 20 reps with. So ideally, let's say around 15 to 14, you start fatiguing. That's when it gets pretty tough, but you're still able to execute the rest of the five or six reps with good form, even if it's very, very, very challenging. That's the goal. But if someone feels like they can't do that 20th rep, um, there's several different tactics. You could always go down to body weight. You can do a drop set and a drop set is when you start with, let's say 10 pounds doing an exercise. And then once you cannot do any more reps with that 10 pounds with good form, then you would drop to maybe seven and a half or five pounds to finish off the rest of the listed reps. So that is definitely a tactic that you can use if you find you can't complete all of the reps that are listed. Um, and then in terms of not being able to do the sets, I think that I feel like you wouldn't, the only reason you wouldn't be able to complete more sets, like if I give you four sets, you only did three, 
is either because, uh, let's see, maybe you're just feeling unmotivated. You don't want to do more. Maybe you didn't actually give yourself enough rest time. I do find that um, beginners have a hard time resting long enough because they kind of just want to like go, go, go. And again, it can be hard to sit still. If I say one to two minute rest, it can be hard to just sit there for one to two minutes if you're not used to, you know, being still, meditating, like not always doing things it can be hard to sit there so they will just go for the next set but their body has not recovered there's a reason why there is a listed rest period um so i find that if someone does say they can't do the last set it's usually just because they are not resting enough they're using too heavy of weight um or at the worst end it's just because they generate like their body is so not used to that level of intensity and if that's the case like if they're a total beginner I never push them to do like again my goal is like if you've never gone to the gym just going to the gym is a win just because you don't you know execute every specific thing that I've written out for you that's fine we can always build up but especially in the beginning just get your butt in the gym just make it a habit just find a way to have a positive association with working out that is really what matters to me just do something right yeah no I'm very black and white so when I read the program like that is what I have to do but I think you saying drop set as a as a tactic is really good especially if you're in a weight progression or you're trying to lift heavier because what I do now is I'm like oh I did three sets I felt good about that weight I want to challenge it I'll grab something higher and I'm like oh shit I can't actually do a full set of this but I want to try so I'll kind of push that weight to failure and then drop to whatever is lower or more comfortable to finish it out so I think that's a good weight because I don't think people understand like you can do that like you don't have to do sure you might want to do this specific weight for this many reps in this amount of time or whatever but like as long as you're doing the workout and you're you're getting that lift in that's that's fantastic and to your other point resting is a huge learning point for a lot of people. I was really bad at rest. I would, I would cruise through it all. And then I was, as I get heavier in my weights, I might still feel like I can push to the next set or I might not need that whole rest time, but I'm like, okay, I absolutely have to do it. So yeah, definitely do your rest between, between sets. I think that's such a good point. And then for anybody who doesn't work with a coach or doesn't work with Viv, she outlines everything in terms of sets, reps, um, rep max or you know like how much you should be lifting and weight weight suggestions so like this is the amount you would lift if you were a beginner and so she gives you all of these points that you should be leaning towards so if you are a newbie like you're never alone like at all you have every piece of information you could possibly need she has videos to show you form she has like everything ever so I would say that's like the biggest part of working with Viv and probably a coach in general is they're going to give you all those things you need to be successful. So if you've never stepped foot in a gym, you can do it. Um, so when you're picking, picking exercises and finding videos, is there anything you look for when you're giving those suggestions in terms of like making sure form is right and kind of what are the other tips and tricks people can use to make sure they're accurately doing those exercises? I think in answering the question of how can people make sure they're doing it right filming yourself oh my god you can read all the foreign tips you can watch all the videos but until you freaking take a video of yourself doing it and seeing how good or bad (laughs) or bad (laughs) how you look and I again I'm not this is totally me speaking from experience okay I have been lifting for god knows how freaking long like 10 12 years now and 
exercises that I have been doing since the beginning, if you don't pay attention, it you will slip. Like there are times where if I'm in my head, if I am not totally a million percent focused on my form, my form can slip and it really helps filming, especially when I'm doing heavier. Because the thing is you may get your form down until you lift heavier, until you go lower reps, higher weight, and then your form, it just, it goes out the freaking window. And that's what we want to avoid. So really being cognizant and taking actual videos of your form in the gym and looking at it, you, that is the number one best way to, to see if you're actually doing it correctly. Like, honestly, I don't know any other way other than like, I feel like I am, (laughs) but that's not a really good gauge. If you are not, if you're a beginner, like feeling like you are and then actually being able to see your form and be like, wow, that does not look how the guy in the video <laughs> looks. <laughs> like that's definitely going to be your best bet. Now when it comes to taking videos in the gym, um, I find if you are a beginner, maybe you are a little bit more shy, put your phone like up against a five pound, 10 pound dumbbell in like the corner so that nobody can really see it. Um, it'll make you feel more comfortable so that you don't feel like people are looking at you because I know that can be kind of an in- intimidation to not want to film yourself um I know that Katie just started her filming herself so what tips (laughs) did you like how did you did you feel weird what a humbling experience (laughs) not only like filming yourself is is awkward but um yeah I would just try to pick a corner or find somewhere where you know there's not a ton of people not just for the awkwardness but out of respect for them I was I always just try not to have other people in my in my videos but I think it is so eye-opening because I remember this just happened. I was having such a strong day. My deadlifts, I think I hit a PR. I was like, this is freaking incredible. I've never been so strong. And I sent the video to Viv and she was like, this is for a deadlift. And she's like, you're squatting. And I was like, oh my God. And I like just was so completely wrong in what I was doing. So yeah, I think it's a really humbling experience. But again, like you could even be looking in the mirror thinking you're perfectly fine. But the second you video and you get a different angle and then you compare it to a video or to something else you're seeing, I don't want to say you're always probably wrong, but like I was wrong most of the time with my form. So yeah, I highly, I highly suggest doing that. It's very, yeah, it's so different. Like I really like that you pointed out looking at yourself in the mirror because I do think most people that's how they gauge their form but yes it is so different when you actually take a video um, versus the limited angle that you have from looking at yourself in the mirror and then also when you are taking a video of yourself now your attention is not split so that you can focus solely on making sure you are you know focused just on your form and not also looking in the mirror because I think that's going to help too. Um, and the other adjustment you told me actually in that video was like your head because I was watching myself in the mirror and so my head is up and so your spine is not neutral and so you're you're actually poor form doing that so by videoing you can keep your head in alignment with your body how it should be and so I think that was another good pointer is if you're constantly head up watching you're probably just poor form anyway yeah absolutely it's it's so true I mean even I catch myself looking at myself in the mirror sometimes and then it'll immediately compromise my form because my head is not like my neck is not neutral with my spine um so that yeah that in itself can literally throw off your form and then if you're doing heavy weight on top of that you're definitely much more likely to put yourself in a place where you are going to be injured um so I, I think that's so important to note like try to minimize how much you're looking at yourself in the mirror and just try to film yourself instead and I know Katie said she tries to keep people out of the video um 
And I think that's definitely a good point. But just remember that if you are not, and you're not, so I think Jim said you're not supposed to take people in the, or like get other people in your videos. Uh, but I will say if you are just taking the video for your form and you're not going to post it anywhere or like send it to anyone, um, I, I would urge you to try not to feel super self-conscious about yeah. the people around you because I post my videos online. So yes, I do need to be more uh, conscious of who, is in the background if there's anybody and trying to be, film when no one's around. But again, if the video is just for you to make sure that you are doing your form right, I would say it's not a big deal. Totally. As long as you're not posting it anywhere, like just get in the video so you can check your form and then do your very best to, you know, have people at the video when you can. Um, so yeah. Yeah, that's a good clarification. So let's talk about probably my, my biggest question when thinking about programming is, why we do certain groups together or what days we're doing what. And I think in the beginning we did very much split groups. We did like back and buys. We did shoulders and triceps. We did glutes and whatever. And now we do upper body day, full body day, lower body day. So kind of how are you making those decisions when creating the program? So there's no right or wrong. You can actually, as long as you are hitting the body parts that you want to be, I would say at least twice a week, you're going to be fine. They're just different ways of essentially doing the same thing. Um, number one, I just like to switch it up with my clients so that they don't feel like they're constantly doing the same thing. I do feel like variety helps the mind, you know, feel like they're getting something new. It's not always the same thing day in, day out. We like variety. Um, but I do, so you will see a common split of, chest and triceps because generally when you are working chest you're going to be involving the tricep muscle back and biceps same thing often when you're doing back exercises you're also going to be engaging your biceps so just kind of combining those two in the same workout can be more beneficial because you are already going to be you know targeting those same muscles and then you'll do often you'll just do lower body day and then you can split it if you want to be more in depth with your training you can literally have just a quad day just a glute day just a hamstring day it's totally up to you um so there really is no specific way you need to do it i would say it's totally based on your preference try out different things see what you like uh but i do in the beginning i do like to do more single group like okay just quads just hamstrings so that for beginners they can feel what those exercises feel like versus now when you have to squat, you are, it's everything. It's like, it's not just your legs. It's your legs. It's your core. It's your upper body. It's everything. And it's so much more that you have to be conscious of. So for beginners, I do like to have them do very uh, specific targeted exercises for certain muscle groups, like very specific glute exercises, uh, quad, hamstring, sh shoulder, uh, chest, triceps, bicep curls, back, um, and kind of do more like single joint exercises. But as you advance, I definitely, like most of my clients' goals is building muscle, putting on muscle, building strength, and compound exercises, which are exercises that use multiple muscle groups. Um, that is going to be the best bang for your buck because you're going to be able to lift heavier. And to build muscle, you want to be able to increase your load. And it's going to be a lot easier to increase your load with, let's say, a squat or a deadlift rather than, let's say, just a leg extension or just a hamstring, uh, a hamstring curl. So just in terms of, like, should you do full body? Should you do upper, lower split? Should you do back, by chest, tri, legs? 
honestly, it is totally preference. But I have been really gravitating towards more compound lifts, full body, upper lower splits, um, unless somebody specifically is like, I want to target my rear delts. I want to grow my biceps. I want to target my lats. But I really don't have any women that, because I feel like the clientele that I work with, they want to just learn how to generally weight lift. They want to be confident in the gym. They want to lean out, gain some muscle, but they're not really specifically looking to target, like to grow very specific muscles, I would say other than the glutes. You know, that's probably the, the most common is, is the glutes that they want to build. But even the glutes, like all the exercises that I like with like sumo deadlifts, sumo squats, regular squats, uh, hip thrusts, those are all compound exercises. Um, so I do, I definitely would say start off with more, maybe more single muscles or like targeting specific muscles in the beginning, just so you can when those exercises are easier and just so you can kind of get awareness of what those muscles feel like. Um, I think building that mind muscle connection is very helpful, but I definitely would say that just getting the most bang for your buck, you want to do the compound exercises. I am just such a big fan of full body days, but I, I will say a lot of my clients, like as fe- they're all females and females really like working legs. So I really did like doing full body, but just out of preference with my clients, I noticed they like having just a lower body day. They're like, I love just killing my legs. <laughs> so I take into consideration not just what's <clears throat> most effective, but what are my clients asking for? Because it's a combination of, okay, well, this is going to get you results, but also I want you to like it. Like your psychology is really important. Do you feel like you like <laughs> leg days? So this is hilarious because leg days kill me and I'm exhausted and like my butt hurts right now. Like sitting here, I'm like so sore from like two days ago. I think we like it though, because I think with legs, you feel stronger. I think your ability to lift heavier, your ability to kind of do more. Um, like I know with upper body, it's taken me a long time to gain upper body strength. And whether that's because I started with literally none, um, and so, you know, obviously the progress is slower, but I feel like with legs, you're, you're initially a bit stronger. And so you can get heavier and more progress and more, um, outcome. So maybe that's why, but like during leg day, I'm like, Holy God, Oh my God, get me out of here. But yeah, I do like lower. Yeah. I feel like it, it just feels nice to be able to like, really feel like you're killing one, yeah. one body part, which I think having a leg day, it helps you do. I think having just a single, like targeting certain muscle groups, it helps you feel like you're really working it because oftentimes when you do full body, you're getting a good amount of training for every yeah. body part, but you don't feel like, Oh, I really murdered this body part, <laughs> but you don't, the thing is like to actually get results, you don't actually need that, but it's a psychological feeling that clients like to have. It's like being super sore. Totally. You don't have to be super sore after every workout to get results, but I think psychologically clients like it because then they feel like, Oh yeah, I, I I'm working, I'm growing. It must be because I hurt like hell in this area. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so I think, that you know there's so many different ways that you can program but knowing what is most effects effective in combination of what you also just like to do and knowing your own psychology of what gets you excited to go in the gym is definitely important to you know take into consideration and that's how you keep us going back it's like we've (laughs) we've see the outcome and like all of the after effects and we love that but it's like liking the actual moment is good too because if you know you hate the gym why would you get up and go? You're never going to do it. So I think that psychology is so important. So it sounds like to me, like your programming is very much like learn the basics 
and then apply those basics to compound lifts. So you need the initial and you need the mind muscle connection. And then you have people go into these harder lifts. I think that makes total sense. Yes, absolutely. Exactly. I find it definitely works best. It also helps prevent or, you know, limit the amount of gym intimidation that clients feel so that it's not like, Oh my God, I don't know how to do any of this shit going, you know, going into it. It's like baby steps. And I think that's really important. Um, so I don't know if you had any other questions or you'd like to end it here, but I think we have a good amount of workout and exercise tips and knowledge. Um, and hopefully if you're listening to this right now, you found some, any kind of, you know, anything, anything helpful for you to take for your workouts. And I think it's just, if there's anything that I would want you to take from this, it's to know that you may hear so many different things about what's the most effective, what's the best way to exercise. But if you ultimately don't even have the habit of exercising in the first place, just do whatever you can do to get yourself in the gym or to get yourself outside and and walking and running and whatever you like to do, like take, you really need to take that into consideration first and foremost. And then once you've built that habit and consistency of you know, feeling like, hey, I can do this fit thing. I can exercise. I, I can wake up every morning and like get myself to the gym. Then focus on the more intricacies. Maybe get a coach or maybe find a program online if you don't want a specific coach and have something that you can actually follow because I know that not even just from Katie's experience, but my experience, I follow a program from another coach. Having something specific to follow where you now don't have to exert any additional energy, thinking about, oh my God, what am I going to do? What, what, how many reps, how many sets, how much rest? Having that all laid out for you gives you the capacity and energy to focus all of your efforts into just executing. And I think there's something really to be said for that. Yeah, I I have nothing to add to that. I think that was all incredible advice. The one thing I will say, and dad, if you're listening, this is something I hold to my heart every single day. He always said growing up, 30 minutes a day. doesn't matter what it is. Move your body for 30 minutes a day. You're going to have a better habit. You're going to feel better. And that's all you need, 30 minutes. So if you start small, start on a little morning walk, get yourself to the gym, do a couple of things, and, and get yourself going. I think once you get the momentum, you know, it's boundless opportunities from there so you can all do it you'll find enjoyment in it and find peace and happiness and all of that good stuff so dude that best freaking advice I I oh I just I really want you to know that everything you can do it is simple it is so simple and I know because it's simple like 30 minutes a day it can be easy to ignore but truly if you learn to master the simple if you learn to master the basics the your little successes will compound immensely over time and you will you will just be so amazed at what you can do when you are not trying to you know do the most trying to exert so much willpower on a daily basis start small i swear the the compounding effect is amazing um but with that being said i would just like to as always thank you so much for listening here supporting me and katie we we love just talking about all things fit like i this has just been one of the most joyful things that i've incorporated in my life and i'm just so blessed that you guys get to be here to experience this with us 
I think this is where we say like and subscribe. <laughs> is that what people in podcasts do? I don't know if you can like it, but if you can like this, <laughs> like and subscribe. Oh, no, that's that's YouTube. I think that, okay, well, either way, we're glad to have you guys. Um, and yeah, it, it's fun to find a purpose outside of, you know, my own selfish re- reasons for fitness. It's nice to be able to share my story and talk with Viv all the time. So I know this was a long episode. Thanks for sticking with us and hopefully you learned something. So if you guys have any other podcast recommendations, because all of our topics, we want to just talk about what's going to be most helpful for you. Uh, definitely send either me or Katie on Instagram a message. Wait, what is your Instagram, Katie? Oh, gosh. It's a little bit. I think they know how to find me, but I don't know if they know how to find you. Because I don't use it. No, it's um, it's Katie Oki one, two, three. I think I need a new one if I'm going to be. Yeah. OK, we're going to have her change her username <laughs> and uh, she'll be easier to find. <laughs> story is reach out to Viv if you have suggestions okay yeah there we go reach out to me for now and then we'll change Katie's username um but with that we will end this episode and I hope you guys just have a fabulous week and we will see you in the next one bye guys bye